Welcome back to Half Torah, the Shir series which explores the connections between the Parsha Shavua and its corresponding Half Torah. And here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayishlach, and its Half Torah is one of only two Half Torahs that feature an entire book of Navi. In this case, it is Sefer Ovadia. The only other time that we read an entire book of Navi for Half Torah is Yom Kippur at Mincha time when we read Sefer Yonah, but in this case, Ovadia, who happens to also come from the Treyasar, contains only one parak. We read that entire parak for the Haftarah, going from Pasuk Aleph all the way to Pasuk Chaf Aleph. And this is the third time in the cycle of Parsha Sashivua that we are actually reading from the Treyasar. The first time was Parsha's told us when we read from the Sefer Malachi, which we'll talk about again a little bit. And um, of course, last week's Parsha, Parsha's say we read from Hosea. So now in this case, we are reading from Ovadia. And before we go further, I just want to dedicate this shir as a Now, taking a look at Sefer Avadya, this one chapter of Avadya, the Navi Avadya, he prophesies against Edom, and we know that Edom is a code name for Esav and his progeny. So obviously, this Nevua is going to be relevant to the discussion of Vayishlach, which primarily features the famous reunion between Yaakov and Esav. In Vayishlach, we know that Yaakov has a battle with the guardian angel of Esav, the Sarshal Esav. And in Vayishlach, we also have a record of the lineage of Esav and Edom at the very end of the Sidra. um, There are actually about two aliyos that are dedicated to the progeny of Esav. Moreover, there's actually a really strong connection between this Haftarah choice and this week's Parsha, and the thing that makes it particularly attractive is the Midrash on our Parsha, which portrays um, the Achir Sayamim, the end of days, when Yaakov and Esav will reunite yet again, at which point Esav will be judged on Hart Sion based on the famous Pasuk from Ovadia, which we actually read at the end of Az Yashir. It can be found in the very last Pasuk, Pasuk Hafalif. And the saviors will ascend on the, on Mount Sion to judge Esav. And so Rashi, on our parsha in Parak Olamid Gimel, Pasuk Yedalad, cites this uh, Bereshis Rabbah, in, uh, which comes from Ayin Ches Yedalad, 78.14. So we have this reference right there in, in our Haftarah. So it's a, a Rashi on our parsha already referencing this Navi, this portion that uh, we are going to be reading this Shabbos. So not only is the theme relevant, but the Haftarah text itself actually suggests overtones of Esav's life um, as we remember it. As Avadya, like we like to point out very often, especially in Haftarah, Avadya employs perfect wordplay to denounce Esav. So for example, in the very second Pasuk, in Pasuk Beis, the Navi declares, Hine katon neseticha bagoyim, bazuyata mo'od. Behold, I have made you small among the nations. You are very spurned, the Lushan of Bazui, which is a subtle recapping of Esav's first major mistake, at least as it's recorded in the Torah, when he, a firstborn, essentially made himself katon, he made himself smaller by doing what? By selling away and spurning his birthright status. The same Lushan of Bazui, Vayibez Esav Esabachora, and Esav spurns the birthright. Now, that's obviously playing off a Pasuk in two weeks ago, as Parsha Parsha's told us. So perhaps a question to consider is why we read this Haftorah from Hovadia here and not earlier. 
right? And this will have to touch on the conversation of the, which Haftarah we actually went for and chose to read two weeks ago in the Parshish told us, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, Hashem says, once again, that what, even though, you know, Asaph had made himself smaller and he was spurned, so now Hashem turns around, looks to Avadya, the nation, and he says that the, 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 the nation of Edom is going to become small and spurned, just like Asaph himself, so it would be for his people. Indeed, not only is the theme and text of Avadya's prophecy relevant to the Asaph discussion, but Avadya, the prophet himself, was actually the most poignant messenger for Edom's doomsday message. Because if you think about it, you look what Chazal tell us about Ovadia, and that is that he himself was apparently an Edomite. He was an Edomi. He was a convert from Edom. Rashi tells us this immediately on the very first Pasuk in Ovadia, citing the Gemara and Sanhedrin on Lamata Samad Beis. Chazal tell us that Hashem reasoned that Ovadia, who dwelt between two wicked people, King Achav and Queen Izevel, to Rishoyim, and he wasn't influenced by them, so he appropriately should be the one to ultimately condemn Esav, who had these schus of dwelling between two righteous people, Yitzhak Avinu and Rivka Aminu, and he did not learn from them. And so Ovadia, he served in the vicinity of two really big Rishoyim, he didn't become influenced by them, and yet Esav couldn't take any single positive message from his two righteous parents. You might even add that Ovadia's spiritual success is matched by that of Rivka Imenu's spiritual success because she, like Ovadia, was among, she grew up among two wicked people, Lavan and Basuel, yet we know that she remained righteous nonetheless. So yes, so far so good. The Ace of Edom factor in our Haftar certainly makes Vayishlach and Ovadia a very compatible pair of readings. However, returning to the question that I had alluded to, what is it that makes Ovadia a better reading choice for Parshas Vayishlach than it might be for Parshas Toldos, which also revolves around the Yaakov of rivalry? All right, we might be quickly convinced of the perfect connection between Vayishlach and Ovadia due, the, due to the pervading theme of Esav in both the Parsha and Ovadia. However, if you think about it, Vayishlach is not necessarily more devoted to the Yaakov of rivalry than Toldos was. Right, when we meet when we met Yaakov and Esau for the first time. So maybe it's a fair argument that Ovadia could have just is easily have been the reading choice for Toldos. Right? So normally we try to suggest alternative Navi readings that would have worked really well for the Parsha. This time we're kind of flipping the argument a bit and we're saying this Navi choice could have complemented either Toldos or Vayishlach, at least so it seems at first glance. So Let's go back to that question of what, in fact, was the Haftarah selection that we read for Toldos. So we've mentioned previously that it was taken from the prophecy of Malachi, which emphasized the difference between Yaakov and Esav, how Hashem loved Yaakov and rejected and hated Esav. Indeed, there's nothing wrong with that reading selection either. It's certainly compatible with Parshas Toldos. But once we've raised our particular question about Ovadia as a Haftarah choice for Vayishlach instead of Toldos, we can now flip around and ask the same question about Malachi as a choice reading for Toldos instead of being the reading for Vayishlach, if you're catching my drift. So we can ask again, why is Malachi a better option for Parshas Toldos than for Parshas Vayishlach? 
And again, why is Ovadia a better choice reading for Vayishlach than for Toldos? Now again, both Malachi and Ovadia reference the opposition between Yaakov and Esav, which is the pervading theme we would argue in both Parshas Toldos and Parshas Vayishlach. But the point of the, this question is really just to understand that there is more than just Yaakov versus Esav in either of these two sidros. Right? We have Parshas Toldos in the one name, Parshas Vayishlach in the other. Is it just Yaakov Esav part two in Vayishlach and that's it? Again, Yaakov and Esav, that's it. So again, the, the rivalry I think is an important factor in both of these sidros, but each sidro apparently has its own focus and teaches us a different lesson through the rivalry. And that's why I want to argue for the same reason. We have different Haftaros and they are not just haphazardly chosen. Each one is chosen for a specific reason. So Perhaps Malachi and Ovadia are giving us two dimensions of the rivalry, two different things to focus on. Thus, understanding the finer difference between the focus of Malachi and the focus of Ovadia might help us understand the finer difference between the focus of Toldos versus that of Ayeshlach. So let's think about it. What is the difference between the message of Malachi and the message of Ovadia and corresponding to the Parshios, the difference between the message of Vayishlach and the message of Toldos? So I'd say the first difference between Malachi and Ovadia is the audience, right? The message of Malachi was actually directed at the Bnei Yisrael, Yaakov's progeny, while the message of Ovadia was directed at none other than Esau's progeny. And it's interesting to note that we mentioned earlier, Esau's progeny is delineated in the very end of Vayishlach. So Vayishlach definitely weighs in on Esau's progeny. Now, and Parshas told us Yaakov had no progeny yet, but at least we could start to see why Ovadia is more appropriately a reading for Esav. Now, let's go back to Malachi, right? Because in terms of Malachi's prophecy, we described at great length two weeks ago how the difference between being a son of Yaakov versus an Esav is really a decision that we are able to make in every generation, in fact, every single day. Hashem's love, at least the way in which he expressed it for Yaakov, was dependent on that difference that he had from Esav. Yaakov was to be a beacon of instruction and inspiration to the world around him and to the world inhabited by the likes of many different kinds of Esav characters out there. And when Yaakov's children were not living up to their lofty standard and were failing to be that beacon, so we argue that they were no better than Esav, the brother whom Hashem had rejected. We pointed out that if Esav was a materialistic man who spurned that which is holy, we mentioned that even the Kohanim in Malachi's time were no better, as the verse there in Pasuk Vav in Malachi, Parak Aleph, says, The priests spurned my name, and you say, with what have we spurned your name? That same lashon of, of, of Bizayon that we had both in Toldos and now in, in Ovadia. So in Toldos, we were introduced to Yaakov and Esau for the first time. We were only learning which of the two displayed conduct that exemplified the way of God, which of the two should properly and appropriately carry the torch of the Abrahamic mission of spreading Hashem's name to the world. And that was the major task of their father, Yitzhak Avinu, to discern the difference between his sons and decide who must be chosen. And indeed, that was what the Haftorah for Toldos was about. Right, told us is all about Yitzchak deciding the difference between Yaakov and Esav. Right, Hakol kol Yaakov haidayim de Esav, which one is which? And which one should get the bracha, which one should continue the mission of Avram? And Malachi 
tells us what it takes and what it means to ultimately be chosen, to be loved, as it were, by God. And Malachi tells us also how the Bnei Israel merited a unique display of Hashem's love and how they could ultimately lose that entitlement, Chas Right? Malachi says, Be a Yaakov, don't be an Esav. So the question now is then, what is Ovadia about? And Ovadia is a step away from Malachi. Malachi tells us, Klaistra, how we should be. Be a Yaakov, don't be an Esav. But once there are Esavs out there, Ovadia comes along. And Ovadia tells us what's the message to those who are in the Edom camp, the Esav camp. What had Esav accrued for himself, both as a person and as a nation? So we look throughout the Novi and we see that Esav is denounced for his arrogance and his joy at the plight and exile of his brother Yaakov. Mind you, this prophecy took place well before Edom destroyed the second base on Migdash, which means that as of this prophecy, we haven't yet even seen the worst of Edom. The nation would only grow worse moving forward. And so the Navi says that Edom was a doomed nation. In the end of days, Edom would be judged. The question then is what this message does for us, the Bnei Israel, who hold this prophecy in our canon of Tanakh. We read it as the Haftarah. What are we supposed to do with that? And so as for this particular question of what exactly the Haftarah tells us, we might suggest that the prophecy of Avadya, although directed at Esav and Edom, has serious implications for us, the Bnei Israel. If we would understand what it means to be a part of a nation which displays wickedness in either action or in ideology, if we understand what it means to be tied to a doomed nation, we will know how to keep proper distance, and protect ourselves spiritually even when that said nation poses no immediate threat. We have to understand that there is a marked difference between not just Yaakov and Esau as individuals, but as peoples, as a nation. The difference between spiritual standards that they manifest. The difference between the fate of one versus the other. And that might just explain why in Parshas Vayishlach, after an astoundingly peaceable reunion between Yaakov and Esav, we know that Yaakov ultimately decides to reject the offer and part ways with Esav. Whether Esav's kissing of Yaakov was wholehearted or not, we know is a dispute in Chazal, Rashi, on Laman Gimel Dalid, 33.4, cites the Sifrei, Parshas Baalischa, and, um, and the Pasuk in Bamidbar, Tasyud 9.10. But that might not have been what Yaakov was concerned about, whether Esav hated him or not. Esav may well have genuinely wanted peace with Yaakov, and perhaps Esav would have truly been willing to walk alongside Yaakov. But for some reason, Yaakov refuses the offer to go side by side with Esav. There are those who criticize Yaakov for not bringing Esav closer, while there are others who will not blame Yaakov for his cautious decision. But perhaps Yaakov realized that although Esav, as an individual, might have had the potential of becoming a decent man, Esav, or Edom, as an ideology and as a people, was doomed. Why else would Avadya have parted ways from Edom himself? Certainly by this time, by, by Avadya's time, Edom was a spiritually negative force to be reckoned with. 
Novadi realized that there was something wrong with Edom as an ideology and as a people. So as an individual, Avadi saw that the, he sought the light and perhaps gently parted ways with Edom. He certainly wouldn't stick around to be part of the doomed nation. And Yaakov, like Ovadia, thrives as a spiritual pillar for his nation to be because he stayed apart from Asaph. To have a peaceable interaction is one thing, and it's a good thing. It's definitely encouraged to have many, many peaceable interactions with people of all nations. To form a spiritual alliance and intimately share values with, that is a separate, a separate issue entirely. And nothing good can come from that kind of union with Asaph. His spiritual identity, as he has crafted it, is diametrically opposed, and thus his spiritual destiny is doomed to be different. This difference between Yaakov and Esav was not only true for them and for Ovadia, but that is also true in every generation. Thus, Ovadia's prophecy sits among all the other important prophecies in our Tanakh, not just you know, in the, in, in the Tanakh for Edom, but for us, for us to keep for posterity, for us to read it and learn it and understand it. And again, these were measures that were taken at a time where man had only been exposed to the relatively benign manifestation of Edom before the Second Temple era. And Edom will ultimately coerce the Bnei Israel, oppress them, and attempt to massacre them. And the ability to do such things stems from this marked difference between these two spiritual identities. So, what is a cautious, good-hearted, and well-intending Ben Yisrael supposed to do? The only answer is for the Ben Yisrael to be straight in its own ways, always remain cordial with all people, and yet maintain the safe, necessary distance that comes from the understanding of the spiritual and ideological differences between Am Yisrael and Edom. Hashem, as determined in this Haftorah, will deliver retribution where it is due, and all of that is His business. Edom will be dealt with. But as for us, Ami Israel, our goal should be to respectfully do whatever possible to not be a part of that. We shall be zochet to be straight in our ways, stay true to Ratzon Hashem in the way we interact with Him and the people of all nations, and continue to be a beacon to the world around us. And Hashem should keep us secured as He purges the world of all of the evil of Edom with the coming of Mashiach and Kainab and Mehrabimeinu. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And of course, if you enjoyed this year and others like it on the podcast, and you want to partner up with us here at the database with a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for updates and link for every uploaded Shear, all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B E I S at gmail.com. And once again, this Shear is dedicated to the for Once again, thank you for joining us here at the database.